0: Welcome to Ideas on Trial. I'm your host, Leopold Ajami, and I have with me my co-host, Ricardo Pinto. Hello, Ricardo. Hello, Leopold. How is it going? It's going great. And I'm super excited for today's episode. And I have a confession to make, but I won't make it now. So just hold on. So today we want to talk about the dark side of a human nature. Mm. Mm. and it's it's fun because a, a month ago you and I were talking about a larger topic, which is we wanted to talk about the nature of evil, right and then we discovered yeah. that this is gonna be a huge episode or or a series of episodes in order to unpack that. So we decided to talk more about something uh, specific, which is the dark side, our dark side, and more specifically whether we should we should feel guilty for having a dark side or dark desires or dark thoughts, right? And yeah. h- how would you say we, will, we should articulate the undisputed idea for today's session? Yes,
1: that's a good question because this is a view that's been present throughout history, specifically the history of philosophy. But I think if we want to make it general and we want to make it a recurring theme that you see not only in philosophy, but also in literature, in film, and in the public mind, the public imagination, I would say that the basic idea is that in each of us individually, there is a dark side that if we let it be, could eventually overcome our best intentions. Mm. There is a dark side that can overcome our best intentions. And it often comes in the form of some hidden emotions, some thoughts, some fantasies we have about other people that we have despite of our best character, despite of our principles and our conscious and you can say public convictions. Mm. Do you think that's
0: something you found out there or perhaps you felt? Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, we always talk about that and we see a lot of projection in movies about that, that dark. And I have a specific movie in mind I want to talk to you about today. But, but here's the confession that I had in mind. So I, I, was, I was trying to do some, some work on this topic and I asked myself, okay, uh, what would be my darkest desire, or my what, if I could access the dark side of mine, what would I wish for? What would I want? And I felt so terribly boring <laughs> because I couldn't Why? come up, with, I couldn't come up with something exciting. Like I, I would, like even if it's something bad, but I wanted to. See, I I couldn't come up with that. Uh, and I started wondering that maybe if you do the exercise consciously, and I think that's an important point, it's hard to think about these dark desires, right? Like if if you sit down, like even the, like the classic exercise. Uh, uh, b- before I say that, I just want to say that stick around because Ricardo and I came up with a framework to try to understand uh, these dark desires and what to do about them. So that's like a plugin, but just to go back. So what I was thinking is if you wanna do this exercise of thinking about your darkest, darkest desire. So for example, if you had a superpower, like you can fly or you can become invisible or what have you, what would you do? And if you ask someone that in a game, I don't know, but rarely you come up with something evil, right? Because you're thinking about it. So, so I don't know. It's not, it's not a universal thing. But maybe it's like, well, if I could fly, I would go and visit all these countries. Well, if I'm invisible, I'll go and take a sneak peek at, I don't know, you know, this person or that person. So, it's, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes,
1: but I find it surprising that you had a hard time coming up with something. I mean... I'm pretty sure that you don't want to kill anyone.
0: And that most though I had these feelings before, I have to admit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying thinking about it in the moment, it's hard to uncover those dark desires. That doesn't mean that I'm an innocent person and I never had a you know a, a dark a dark thought. Yeah. 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 And that's
1: where I was going. I don't have an inner urge to hurt someone specific to make vengeance of of someone yeah but there's a lot of people i want to or i would like to slap in the face people <laughs> i know people i don't know <laughs> and that doesn't take me a lot of time to to figure out yeah um, but i guess this is not the same as saying so you have these thoughts you have this feeling that are natural, that are probably rightful. But it's not the same as saying that you, what you truly want in life, what you repress to yourself, is to hurt this other person. Mm. Because you can have the thought. You may even fantasize about it. But does merely having that thought, that feeling say something about you as a person
0: and should you feel guilty about it what do you think so before the guilty so the question is if you have dark even evil desires would that mean that you are an evil person right yeah i don't know i mean let's try to unpack that let's let's give an example so if I have a desire let's say I have a desire to steal from Jeff Bezos take okay. if I can if I can be invisible let's say I want to jump into his you know vault and take all his money <laughs> and you know just just steal steal the man as a desire will that make me an evil person no I don't think so. I think it's a fantasy. Uh, Now, what I would ask is how much are you having these fantasies and what are you doing about it, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so there's a question of intensity and of action. So in terms of intensity, are you obsessed with the idea? Like, are you thinking about it all day to the point that you're not even doing the work to make some money? So that's the question of intensity, and the question of action is, well, are you stealing anything? Are you plotting? Are you, you know, planning even to see someone who has less money than Jeff Bezos so you can learn how to steal from from Bezos, right? So these are, I think, it's a very complicated issue to 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 condemn a person for having dark desire as being an evil person. So. So that's the question and I'll I'll talk later about the guilt because I think that's that's another point. Yeah, that's interesting
1: because you brought the point of are you doing something about those desires and those fantasies Mm. and I think that's huge because and you may disagree with me about this but I do think that at the deepest Mm. level you are not You cannot directly control your beliefs. You cannot directly control the content of your mind or what goes on in your consciousness. Yeah. You're in control of the processing, right? What you do with the ideas, the processing, the logic of the argument, assessing it against the evidence, against what you've heard before doing the work to discover whether what you think is right or what you feel is warranted by the facts. That's under your control. But the let's call it the mental image, although it's broader than that, it's not. And I think it is absolutely normal, not to say expected, although you can argue that, That sometimes you will have thoughts, ideas, fantasies, and desires that contradict your conscious convictions, your conscious processing. Mm. And I guess the question is, why does that happen? Why do we have ideas and feelings that contradict what we truly believe?
0: Do you want to take a shot at that? So give me an example. So let's say I believe that good life is a productive life. I need to to produce and earn my living. Yet I'm having desires to loot someone, right? That's, That's what you're saying. And whether that's contradictory. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Th- this is a very powerful question and, and we, we didn't talk about this before, but that's a movie I had in mind. So I, I don't know if you if you watched Roman Israel by Denzel Washington. Have you seen the movie? I have not. <laughs> okay, it's an amazing movie. You have to watch it. But here's something interesting. So it's a story of a lawyer. He's a he's he's a genius man. He's a more he's portrayed as a moral man. A spoiler alert for for everybody listening and want to watch it, you included. <laughs> so he's a very moral man. He's a genius, and after so many years of hard work, he reached the conclusion that to be good is to be a fool, because nobody respects a moral person, specifically not in the, if you're a lawyer and you don't know how to play the game and you will never make money and have a pleasant life. And therefore, if you're living by a certain good moral code. So, so he reached the conclusion that, you know, if he does at least one thing that is immoral, if he takes this, you know, bag of money, at least he can get some, something back, right? Without hurting anyone. And if you think about it, I mean, think about it this way. Have you ever felt that your honesty or your morality, your goodness is costing you a very high price? And I think that's the kind of theme of the movie. And this relates back to whatever you were saying, because so many times we don't get rewarded for being good. Now, rewarded is a big word because... You have to explain, well, it doesn't have to be just material, all of that. But, but it's, it, it's annoying, right? It's annoying. I, I mean, I can think of my own life, and I'm sure you can, like so many times, uh, I don't know, people get fired sometimes because they're saying the truth. They're honest. Yes. So, so I think here comes the, 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 an explanation why the contradiction happened but it doesn't condemn the person as a, as a immoral or evil person. Makes sense? Yes, yes.
1: I see it as an understandable consequence of frustration. Mm. Specifically, the frustration you experience when dealing with other people. Because you cannot predict their behavior. Mm. You cannot predict that They'll agree with you, that they will follow you, that they will love you. And they will take actions that you didn't plan for. Yeah. Or that you didn't want it to. So it's natural that when encountering that frustration, you, you will have some regret that will make you do things that you w- you didn't want to do in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the case of, so there's something interesting about, okay, what are the principles that we're accepting? And what is the view of morality that leads us to think that being moral, being good is a guarantee for failure almost. Yeah. But I think the bigger question is here is it right to call it a dark side? Is it right to think about this as a stain, a black mark in your character? Mm. And this is the context that I have in mind. There are some thinkers who argue that. First, that this is something natural, expected, part of human nature, present in all of us. But they go not only common, but part of human nature to have a dark side, to be inclined to evil. But they go one step further in claiming that there is a Hitler, there is a Stalin, there is a dictator, a tyrant that is dormant in all of us. Mm-hmm. And that if we're listening enough to that inner voice, to that inner character that we repress, there is a big chance that we bring evil into the world. Mm. So do you think there's something like that in, in you or in people in general?
0: Well, I think it all goes back to to how do you think about the human identity, right? Because as you said, there's so many different philosophies out there. And even in psychology, Carl Jung, he talks about a lot the, the shadow self and the relationship of the unconscious mind and all of that dark side resides in your unconscious minds and then go up to your, you have to bring it up to your conscious mind so you can solve it and all of that. But for me, to call it a dark side means that we are born inherently with, with something called a dark side and a, and a light side or a good side. And I think that's, that's a problematic point of view because we're assuming that the good and the evil is within us and we're just acting based on these, on these triggers right like as you were saying like if you believe that that there's a hitler inside you so you're going to spend all your life either trying to escape that hitler inside you you want to suppress it from right or you actually invest your life to bring it out and become the hitler you want to be and I, I don't think that's a proper way of looking at the human identity uh, uh, nor the relationship of of identity and the goodness, because what is good is, is, is related to things you are doing out there, right? So you're not born with something with, with a dark side or a, or a good side. It's what you do out there. It's your actions that are either good or bad.
1: That is important and very important because so we agree that it's common for people to have dark ideas, dark thoughts yeah. and feelings, but at best, if you are not acting of them, even if they're recurring, if they are not acting of those ideas, at best, that's a psychological dysfunction, but not a moral flaw. On their part. mm, and there can be many sources that generate these recurrent thoughts, these recurrent feelings. It can be something that that you trace back to your childhood. it can yeah. be a frustration that you didn't process, but that the resentment remained there oh
0: it can uh, it can also be an interest like. If I'm if I'm a filmmaker and I'm interested in horror movies I'm going to spend a lot of my time investigating you know these dark ideas and and the most terrible ideas I'm going to wake up at night imagining people you know sh- killing each other in the most horrific way right but that doesn't make me yeah. evil in any way I'd right? like even if I'm consumed with the idea That doesn't even mean a psychological flow from my part.
1: Yeah. If there's something I want our audience to remember today is that there are no evil thoughts.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: There are no evil ideas in your mind. In the sense of it is not wrong to consider to experience some thoughts that do not correspond to your conscious conviction. The only evil in any case is when you refuse to do something about them or when you translate those quote-unquote evil ideas into everyday action. Yeah. But I would say it's worse not to take seriously and do something about those dark thoughts, than to feel just guilty about them and and not, and not do anything.
0: Yeah, and this answers your first question: should we should we feel guilty for having dark desires and dark thoughts? And I think the answer is we I, I We can unpack that, but I think the answer is no. you shouldn't feel guilty per se right i would I would be concerned if this is happening with me, and I would feel guilty if these desires are overtaking my life or overtaking the rest of my life. right This is where I would feel like there, there's something wrong. And but, even in that case, I think that the idea is that even in that case, you can go and talk about them, share these dark thoughts, even if it's in the context of a game, you know share these ideas, talk with somebody about them, and even if you don't share them, even if you write about them, I think that the act of because you can see consequences, so, for example, if I wanna go and and rob Bezos, right well if I write about it, I'm going to see that, well, even if I s- successfully stole from the guy, I'm uh, how, how I'm going to be hiding all my life. Right. So I'm going to be, I'm going to feel more guilty uh, and, and terrified from living because I just, you know, stole someone's property. So, so, and I think that's the value of of bringing all these ideas to the conscious mind. I agree with young on that perspective.
1: Yeah and. You know, you shouldn't also feel guilty about feeling guilty. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it Yeah, Yeah, and there is a broader, let's call it biological point here, in that all these feelings, both your dark thoughts, but also the feeling of guilt about having those thoughts, come or serve as triggers. Yeah. They are indicating something to you that something is not right in the way you are experiencing this aspect area of your life and that you should take attention. Because what often happens is that people have ideas that contradict their best self but they repress themselves and they live in this cloud of cold rain and thunder. Yeah. That eventually overcomes them and that makes them one day to blow up. Yeah. And I guess that's where our framework is directed to.
0: Um, Yeah, and it's... uh... You want to talk about the framework now? I I have an example, and I think it's an important one. And this would be our segue to talk about the framework. So so the example uh, we brought up yesterday, I think it's a powerful one, is about uh, I know someone, a woman, who's being harassed at her work. She just started her career in a big company, and her boss is harassing her in a smart way, right? and the idea is if that woman is having before we reach what she can do about it but if that woman is having uh, dark desires if she sits at night and she's wishing that her boss you know yeah. will ha- will have an accident huh yeah, yeah will have an accident or or something will happen to him you know i i i understand that because she's being harassed she doesn't know what to do about it and she's in that situation where if she if she talks about it, she might get fired, and she doesn't want to lose her job and If she doesn't say anything about it, well she's gonna get harassed every day and not being able to she won't be able to focus on her work and all of that so so that's the kind of example I was thinking of so so sometimes even away from fantasies, sometimes we form these dark ideas and dark emotions because of an act of injustice. Right? And I think that's why we thought about the framework we thought about, because and it it might help us. Oh, go ahead. No, and that's why
1: I should say that I don't like calling these dark ideas mm. or like fantasies, lists of all dark desires. Because they have some legitimate source, like a real injustice. It's normal to have this feeling. There is nothing wrong with fantasizing about that, thinking about that. What would be wrong is, what you said, taking action on it or letting it make you an obsessive person and impeding you from Finding real enjoyment of life. That's when the problem comes, but not from having the thoughts.
0: Yeah. And again, I think, you know, that's, that's what I love about what we do. And that's why we need philosophy. Because in the same way that you usually get a medicine to treat you, to treat, to treat your physical or bodily symptoms, we need philosophy in order to diagnose and treat. You know our our soul, our spirit, which is sometimes a, a victim of, of some psychological triggers or social uh, social injustices or what have you. So 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 yeah. Okay, let's jump to our framework, and we can we can think of the example of the harassment and other things. But I think you know I kind of like the the framework we came up with and we we call it and again this is not something scientific per se but the process is is simple and it works and is inferred from different tools that are scientific so we're calling it we're calling the framework name true gain okay and that's a framework of what can you do about your dark sides or your dark uh, desires Okay, so name, true, gain. And name stands for, you want to go through it? Yes. So it's the
1: process of naming, naming. what's the thought, what's the desire. Primarily for yourself.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: articulating
0: is, the ideas.
1: Articulating ideas, putting it in words. Yeah. Not letting it remain a cold, rainy cloud. Yeah. But putting it out there. And it can be helpful even to do it on paper. Okay. I have this persistent idea every day. What is it ex- exactly? Then you write it. Then you okay. communicate it to yourself. I want to slap this person in the face. However, it comes. What's important at this step of a process is just to get it out there mm. to make it. Objective, something you can see and you can well, then analyze.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's another aspects of naming. So, you, as you said, it's about articulating it for yourself. But the other aspects of naming is when you are in a certain situation and you feel something or you observe something, name it, give it a name, give it a verb, give it a context. And I'll give you an example now. Because when you do, then you know whether it's true or not. So your naming might not be accurate. So for example, in the case of the harassment, well, the boss might be very smart and he's trying to harass you in a a very sneezy, whatever way, right? Yeah. Well, name it. Okay, say, well, I don't feel comfortable you being too close to me or... Are you trying to be, you know, touching me on that, on my leg is, is not making me feel comfortable. You know, I don't respect someone who doesn't respect my inner space. So any, any of these things, they might be true. And they might so, so, for example, if you name it, the person might feel embarrassed. And, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. And genuinely, maybe he didn't mean it. Right? And if he does, then also you can see that he's trying to play around it. So putting it, as you said, out there, naming it, even if it's wrong, makes it more concrete. So that's the first phase, okay? Yes. So name, true game. And true stands for really making the work to discover whether what you're feeling, what you're observing, what you're thinking is true or not, is right, is true or false.
1: Yes, you can think about the first step as an introspective inner process and the second two as an extrospective one. You are going to gather the evidence to verify two things. One, whether if it's a feeling, whether that feeling is somewhat warranted Yeah. By the facts. Whether you are right to feel resentful, to feel frustrated, to feel angry about this person, about this thing that happened to me. Mm. And second, you want to know whether it is true. And what's tricky here is that we often... We're interpretative beings. Yeah. And it's very, the one of the most difficult things that we can do because we're not trained to do so is to name facts as they are. They often come mixed with interpretation, with judgment. But if I want to know what is truly going on, if I want to be objective about the world and about other people's behavior, the basic work I need to do is to name those facts, name the evidence in a neutral way. So in the case of harassment, and and this is huge, it's not enough, especially if you think if you think about sharing or communicating this distress with another person, it is, it would be unsuccessful to just say I'm being harassed by my boss. Because that is a judgment and it might be true, but what exactly led you to think that you are being harassed? Okay. He touches my leg without asking for permission. He smells my hair. Doesn't respect my personal space. Is not concerned about asking for permissions, right? Come
0: on, bring out your dark side.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I I think this is truly a
0: this is a very sensitive. sensitive sensitive topic if i would say and and what you're saying is so powerful because in order to inform or to create a judgment because again your feeling might be right you need to prove it first to yourself and then in the case of the harassment to, to the management or or hr right so so the process of discovering the truth here is is applicable so you have to gather evidence and I think you're allowed to do anything to gather evidence in that case, right? Whether you want to record or anything to prove that that thing is true. And and I'm saying that because there's so many different, so think about it this way. We live in a culture of reviews. We live in a culture where your opinions are more important or at least they, are, they should inform my opinion. Whether you go on Amazon.com to, to shop, you look for Reaver, Uber, or even Netflix, you know, 90% of people like this or what have you. So, so, so that's the culture we're living in. So for example, and I'm just a, a hypothesis here, like in the case of the harassment, maybe this man is, is a touchy person, right? Uh, he doesn't mean anything. And suppose you met someone and this other girl, she, from the office, she likes to feel, you know, wanted. And she would come up with this story that, yeah, he always har- harasses me. And then you form this whole judgment that this person is harassing. I'm just coming up with something, right? No,
1: no, but that, that's that's important because what the process of gathering the evidence allows you to is to... Sometimes you will discover you might be wrong. Yeah. Or that the impression you had of the situation is not completely truthful or that at least you need to validate it. Yeah. Double check it. Let me give you an... Uh, so I can have a bad impression about you and the way I think about it, the, the, my name it is, or is an a-hole. Okay, but... What do I mean by that? Oh, he's too bossy, but that's still an interpretation. Oh, he. Then I, I want to gather the facts, and I would do it in some way, in this fashion. He asked me for favors, but he never asked about my availability. Mm. He forgets about it then you have something yeah and if you have that it might be the case that perhaps that's not something common in your culture or that's something you oversaw yeah and that might start changing your interpretation and your processing of yeah, yeah, the events and the situation. That
0: doesn't make sense to you. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and you reminded me of a of a very important book that I would always recommend. And I actually want to study this again because I read it once and it was amazing. It's nonviolent communication by, by Marshall Rosenberg. Rosenberg, yeah, it's amazing because he goes through all these processes to understand. What is a need? What is a want? What is a value? How do you articulate something, whether it's, it's an evaluation or a fact and all of these things? And I think we need to learn these exercises in order to judge properly because that's how we move from the step of naming, naming things then trying to understand whether they're true, leading us to the third part of the framework, which is the game. And that's that's one that I really love. So so name true gain, and and the, the the way we thought about it is is quite interesting because we were asking ourselves how can we become the beneficiary of our actions, right? So in other words, when you are facing your dark desires, how can you ask the question less about the other person and more about you? What will you gain if you acted this way or not, right? So, for example, in the case of the the harassed woman, what would she gain if she collected the evidence and, 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 you know, went to the HR and said, my boss is harassing me? And what would she lose? Right, if if any, so I think that process is very important, specifically on the gain, because we often focus on the other side, on the other person. What is she feeling? What What is he thinking about me? But we don't focus more about what we will gain out of it. Makes sense.
1: Yes, I wonder if you have another example of how. Focusing on, on your needs,
0: I guess. Yeah, yeah so, so, so let me yeah. change the examples from Bezos to the Harvest Let's say you have a sexual fantasy. Yes. Uh, let's say you're with your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or what have you. Well, okay, let's say it's a very unusual sexual fantasy. And you go through that process. So first, you can name it to yourself and asking, oh, I want to be a nurse or whatever sexual fantasy one might have. Okay, why, why? why Well, I want to experience how it feels like. Okay, good. Share it with the other person, with your partner, right? Like name it to the other person. And then you don't need much gathering of evidence because when you talk about it, I mean, you need to, but not much. The other person might say in the beginning, well, I don't like that, but maybe they want to do it. So you you go through that discussion in order to understand, you know, whether whether you have enough evidence to say that, yeah, the other person is willing to do it and you're not forcing them to do it. And the last part on the gain is try to understand what you will gain from it. And after you do it in that in that fantasy game, the case, wait, what did you gain from it? Because maybe in the case of the fantasy, well, you want to experience what it feels like to be. I, I can't think of characters here. Yeah, help me out, <laughs> right? Like yeah, you wanna you wanna have sex in the closet. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So 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 okay. What you, well I'm gonna gain this rush of being in a in a very cornered place. Fine. Okay, and when you do that, you might discover that that's something interesting to you or not. So, so it should be about you. You should feel like, yeah, I'm gaining something of that experience, and, and me and Mark, my partner, we're both enjoying this experience. So the the last part is about the value area. What kind of value you're getting out of that desire? Whether, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: I really like that because so previously we said that these thoughts and desires are triggers yeah they are indicating something that you're not paying attention right now and another way you can see this and that is well explained by rosenberg is that these are often indicators of needs you have Mm. need for visibility need for respect Need for feeling proud about something. So let's let's talk about sex because this is perhaps the most common quote unquote yeah. dark desire people have. You are married, but you have a burning desire and fantasies about other women. You name it to yourself, right? That's the first step we said. I often they dream about being with other women and sleeping with them. That's, that's the first yeah. task you need to do. The first act of honesty, which by the way, some
0: people don't confess to themselves. Yeah. The second would be. And that's a killer. The repression of all of these desires is a killer, right? Yes. Yes. In what,
1: in what say, name it to yourself first, or let's forget about communication Yeah. to yourself. Then you want to see whether it's true. In this case, whether you would really want that for yourself. Whether you really want to go out and cheat your wife. Or maybe it's... You're simply being a man. (laughs) (laughs) You don't stop being a man after you get married. I mean, you still are attracted to in yeah. the opposite sex.
0: Yeah, but even it can be something and and I think that's here in the in the true segment that it can be that your fantasy maybe is not about being with other women per se but that you have a need to experience something differently that you're not getting from your partner, right? Absolutely. And that's the process of naming it. Absolutely. And your body is
1: telling you, your body and your subconscious is telling you, my sex life is boring. Yeah. My sex life is unsatisfying. And that's why you need to voice it. Yeah.
2: And look at how
1: this is different from other interpretations of so-called dark desires.
0: And I want you so, to jump to the game quickly so we don't lose the flow because I think it's, it's getting there. Yes. But at this stage,
1: yeah. other people would say that simply because you are fantasizing about older women, simply because you have a burning desire, you may regard yourself as evil. Mm. I think the most famous historical example is Augustine. Who claimed that we are all sinful, or def- who identified the third thing in humankind in the male erection, yeah. which is uncontrollable in his view. Yeah. Because we cannot control our bodies, because we cannot control our sexual desire, we are tainted, we are compromised, we are morally unclean. Sinful and
0: unclean, yeah.
1: And what we're saying, I think, is no, it's to be expected the human mind is very delicate. It's a very sophisticated system. And it's to be expected that there is or common that there is a dysfunction, that there is something you need to pay attention to. And you cannot yeah. expect that that conflict you can call it within your mind and your body, between thought and desire, between principle and belief, you cannot expect that conflict to be resolved automatically.
0: You yeah, and do the work. And, and, and you're you inspiring me about the point. I, I'll try not to drift too much away, but but that's a very powerful point because what you're saying. Because I'm thinking that. Any recognition of, of reality is always healthy. Ever, any recognition of the facts of reality is always healthy, right? But usually, probably, we don't think about the ideas that we have as facts, as part of reality, because they're, they're not out there, right? So that's why we, we, we ignore them, probably. But the, the sheer fact that you're thinking about it is makes it real, at least, not fully, but it, it, at least in your mind, right? So you are, the the reality is that you are thinking about these desires. So there's no point in refusing to admit it to yourself. And I think and that, more than that's that, important. More than that, you should give credit for yourself mm. when you
1: are dishonest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's why I think, even the so-called uh, dark desires shouldn't be ignored. They should be embraced. As you said, the, the con- our mind, our consciousness is very delicate and we should treat it as such. We should recognize that these are our ideas. This is what's going on. And let me try to name it to discover why I'm having all these fantasies about other women. To follow on your example, and then the gain part: what will I gain if I do that right so in the case of of the man who's fantasizing about other women, what will I gain if I cheat on my wife? What would I gain if I actually have a conversation with my wife and I tell her I have these fantasies and I would like to do them with you, for example, right, and what would I gain if I discover that my wife doesn't want all these? Fantasies, and I think ultimately you will gain the truth, right? And and that's why the principle is: the earlier you name it, the earlier you gain it, right? The earlier you name that desire, that emotion, that thought, the earlier you will gain the truth, and that's why we thought about that framework: name, true, gain. I like it. I am going to keep on using that. I'm going to I'm going to try yeah. it out in different things. Yeah. And that's the formula for harmony. It is. It is because it's inward, outward, and then it's like a circle. It's inward, you're digging inward, you're putting it outward, and then you're bringing it back to yourself as a as the beneficiary of these actions. Yes. Any last thoughts? I really love this
1: episode. We talk about everything, psychology, metaphysics, sex. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, last thought. I really want to see or to hear from from our listeners whether they can try this framework and see if it works. But I I also want to say that, again, because in history of philosophy, there's so many different and psychology, there's so many different perspectives. And essentially, I would say the the dominant perspective is that desires as such are not a good thing because desires breed or creates expectations. And the more expectations you have in life, the more prone you are to 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 You're to to, sin. to, um, to yeah. frustration and to frustration, which is the stoic view. Absolutely, to fr- frustration, to suffering. The stoic view, absolutely. And I, I don't think that's true. I think life should be a generator of, of expectations and of desires. Uh, and the more the more we desire for ourselves and and for other people whom we share the same values, the better life we can we can have right and we, we shouldn't be afraid of, of our fantasies of our desires no matter how dark you, they are because as you said the only evil is the refusal to think the only evil is to ignore what's going on in our minds so that's that's what yeah. i yeah
1: and just to add one last point life shouldn't be about an aspiration Perhaps we should have an, an episode of Artist, but this. but if there is an idea that I want to combat and I want to eliminate from the culture, is the idea of hope. Mm. Or, oh,
0: merely, that's another
1: episode. <laughs> merely desire, desiring. Life shouldn't be about hope. Life should be about gaining things. You don't want merely to Think about, oh, how would I look like with this person? How would I be if I did everything I wanted to? No, give it a try. But first, see that, okay, it is right. It is proper. It is correct to do this.
0: Yeah, it's like life is a journey from I wish to I will. Yes, absolutely. okay let's close with with that we close okay that was fun I I, I liked that episode I hope you enjoyed listening to Ideas on Trial please keep on sending us whatever topics uh, that you'd like us to explore and check out our uh, social media Ideas on Trial on Instagram We're, we're, we're active out there and see you in the next episode bye bye